Hello, and welcome to the new episode of Women in Customer Success podcast, the first women-only podcast where remarkable ladies of customer success share their stories and practical tools to help you succeed and make an impact. Today, I'm talking to Laura Laquara, a former head of customer success at SoftBank Robotics. She's also been named Product Builder of the 2020 Inspiring Fintech Females list for her contributions to technology adoption within the organization. Today, Laura is sharing the inspiring story that brought her into customer success and also the experiences of being the first CS on the grounds and building an organization. There are a few key learnings that I will remember from our conversation, but my favorite one is Laura's career advice. She's saying that no one can ever stop you from career changing. I think you will also enjoy many of her lessons. Please stay tuned until the end, as you will discover Laura's secret creative power. So let's get into it. I'm very happy today to welcome Laura Laquara on the show, a former head of customer success at SoftBank Robotics. Hi, Laura. It is so nice to have you here. Welcome. Thank you so much, Maria. It is an absolute pleasure, and I've been very much looking forward to this day coming. Oh, well, that's so sweet of you. (laughs) Laura, what's the story that you would like to share with the audience? My start is from St. Louis, Missouri, and it is the founding city of Toasted Ravs. And I think it's hysterical fried ravioli. It's one of the best things ever. And so I come from this place where my heart, soul, and exhaustive guilt and generosity come from. So I very much am that person from the Midwest and all the stereotypes that you hear about in terms of personality, it's definitely there. And what I love about St. Louis is It's a place that really was the gateway to the West. And I had no idea that I would ever end up on the West Coast, but here we are. Coming from a place like Missouri, I had big dreams. And by 17, I had my first trip and it was a church youth group trip to Hong Kong. And so just very much a part of this whole story. I knew I wanted to see and experience everything the world had to offer. My entire life has been shaped from this international travel, but it's always been about connecting with people, new cultures and environments, and just always having something very intellectually stimulating. I am continuous learning and that really drives me. So I go through school, I get my undergraduate degree in communications and public relations. I follow a boyfriend in New York City, and then I find myself in in a job market, it's 2008, and I go to events and marketing. I actually leave public relations behind. The pay was better in events, and it was an incredible opportunity in the fact that we are in the middle of a recession. So I'm gathering all this great client experience. I'm investing in project management process obsession of just rolling out a lot of details, vendor management, volunteers, working with media and really growing sales. So this is the foundation of everything that's going to lead to customer success later on. And then let's fast forward a little bit more. I have a stint in Santiago, Chile, where I'm teaching English and volunteering in micro lending. I go back to school for my MBA. I want to get that rich analytical, financial, just overall corporate understanding and strategic education. And then I get fintech experience rolling out a product at Colgate Palmolive, which 
totally shifts my direction into tech. So the last seven years, I've worked in technology companies out here, then in the West Coast in the Bay Area. And IBM gives me my big break after graduate school. I become a client exec to Apple, where I'm running with the director, the sales relationship of all of IBM products into Apple. And it's this great time where I learn about AI, Watson Technologies, and it's the start to really everything from a sales, business development, education, and success. And then I end up shifting and my big break into customer success actually is where I build out customer success as the first senior CSM hire for SoftBank Robotics. SoftBank Robotics is owned by SoftBank Group, and it is one of the leading robotics companies globally rolling out thousands of robotics across different industries and applications. Wow. <laughs> What a story. Gosh, wow. It's so interesting and so many, so many different things that happen in your story. And now I have to pick up on two straight away because it's so close to my heart when it comes to, you mentioned international things. So you went to Hong Kong and then you went to Chile. Those are the two places that you mentioned in your story. It's something that made you who you are today alongside other things. Tell me more about that. So what was that trip to Hong Kong at the age of 17? Basically, you're going to another side of the world. It really was an opportunity. We had a set of people that had moved and were working at the Hong Kong International School, heavily engaged in actually supporting efforts. And it all started with a family, the Lisi family I babysat for, and they were doing a lot of international trips and things. And so it was this phenomenal thing where we went out, we ended up going over into China, doing a lot of volunteer work. And it just changed my concept of everything, of culture, religion, of lifestyle, and I couldn't get enough of it. And so fast forward to Chile, what was different about that is I have always had a really clear learning interest in entrepreneurship, how do companies get formed and micro lending was taking off. And I was already volunteering, helping immigrants that have come to New York City, build out their businesses, their kiosks. And I really wanted field experience internationally. So I had a roommate. I always have these really good people that help me find these opportunities. He's Chilean. Ugo actually helped me find a nonprofit to volunteer with who was supported by Kiva. So it was a nonprofit doing group lending for women and men to build out their small businesses in Santiago. And so I made $14,000 that year and taught English. I always had to say that because sometimes you jump on these international experiences and you make no money, but they are so rich in what you experience and can learn from it. What a story. I've been one of those people who went somewhere outside to learn English. And because of people like you, it's something that I learned my English and eventually even staying in the country. But I love that story. Tell me more about the way you came into customer success with SoftBank Robotics. You mentioned something that was so interesting for me. Process obsessed. I have to follow processes, but I like to always do something around the processes. So tell me more about your obsession with processes. Where did it start from? Such an important part. And there's a reason customer success operations is the hottest hire right now, just across all industries, but specific in customer success. What it is, is that events and timing and media, it teaches you that everything you work backwards, you have a line 
all the pieces have to come together and there's always going to be fires behind the scenes. There's always going to be things that happen and your team, you're managing and orchestrating almost like a puppeteer, all these different pieces. And so I learned in a high stress environment, a service industry and all whereabouts. And then you look at New York city, which is just even more high pressure people that are celebrity profiles that I've worked with. So all of that, I was always looking for technology to help me. How can technology make that easier? How can it track all the details? How can it communicate to all the people what they're supposed to be doing? When I came into customer success, I already had this background. Then you add in my education from Apple and IBM. Apple and IBM, I'm learning the entire stack and selling it and working on solving problems that include now all this automated technology, or how can we pull insights from analytics and all this data and pull out rich information. So I get this background and then realize that customer success I know everyone says this, that actually really gets into it. It's like, where was this my entire life? (laughs) San Francisco University now has a program for studying CS and SoftBank let me realize a dream come true because you're taking robotics and you're helping people with their day to day. We had a commercial vacuum and it's one of my favorite products I've ever worked on because the cleaning industry, brand new industry for me, something I had never worked in, we are helping people actually change the way they work with robotics as a robot's cleaning and vacuuming, other activities can happen. And that was so meaningful during COVID. So to build that out, build out the technology with product, as well as help the CS team become standardized, add processes in and have technology, do it behind the scenes and make them be able to do high value work. It's really something that every day for the rest of my life I could do and be so happy doing it. <laughs> That's amazing. Tell me more about that whole world of robotics. You get it so much. You know it. You know it inside out. What's the favorite part of it for you? What makes you so excited about it? I think it's a very challenging topic because it's going to transform the way everyone works. It already does. And then you have different concepts of robotics. Those with hardware, which what I worked on with SoftBank, and that's going into manufacturing, that's going into high-risk areas like Boston Dynamics, is there's things that are going into our oceans. And so it's incredibly intelligent how it can create access to environments and safer environments for people. You're taking out the risk of things, but then there's also software robotics, things like UiPath doing great things to help automate inefficiency. And why I like it is that technology is helping us do higher value work. And so when you think about your home, I always come back to your home. How has Alexa helped you? Maybe it just helps you listen to more music, but in my mind, it's helping people coordinate all the things. How does your Roomba help you? How does anything that you're automating help you just manage your day? And as a mom or as a spouse or a kid, to be able to do all this, have access to all this information and data, I think it's an incredible future that we have. And it takes a lot of great people and diversity to come into this space and really influence. That's something I'm really passionate about is I'm a white woman. I have my own privileges. And how can we get more diversity? Not just me. I'm not talking about profiles like myself. How can we get that diversity in so that the impact to our day-to-day lives is happy and influenced by a well-rounded group of people? 
So Laura, as you were the first CS at SoftBank Robotics and being process obsessed and building the whole organization from scratch, what would you tell to people who are doing it at the moment? What are the three most important things to start with? It's three things, CS handoff, onboarding, as well as that timeline to value ROI and adoption. Number one, when you're an early stage company, we were in a global ecosystem. We had systems we had to work within, but we're building CRM. We're building all the workflows and how a deal goes through. And that handoff and that gathering of information, I have to tell you, clients were very excited to be launching robotics and nothing is worse is having a messy handoff and that excitement. I've witnessed it. I've seen people (laughs) go from, yes, we're launching robotics to, oh, what are you guys doing? The point of why I'm mentioning that it's hard to do. You've got people traveling, you have a lot happening and you've got to get that streamlined. And I added in processes that, I had tools, I had Salesforce and HubSpot to work with, but I had to use and do a lot of my work in HubSpot. I did not add a CS software at this time because it just would have added too much complexity. So I had workflows built out that were automated for our CS team, which had sent communication surveys, all of the things that you need to go through onboarding to the client through the HubSpot instance that we had. And so then onboarding was really focused on taking the information from sales. It was about really focusing and drilling in what are the goals? Let's reaffirm those goals because we got to make sure we got to hit those in six weeks. We did a lot of time studies and learnings in the early stages to figure out how long is it going to take to actually get to that value. And so for us, it was six weeks. We had the delivery of robotics. We had the training on the software. We had the training on the hardware and actually the cleaning of the physical space and really training the AI operating system. All of these factors then go to the final thing. What is that timeline to value and where are they going to start seeing? So by six weeks, CSMs can have a proactive stance and actually be reaching out to the clients and saying, hey, we're off on those objectives. Let's write that or, hey, you've done great. You've done fantastic. We hit these numbers. This is the value that this product's driving. Let's keep going. So to me, I'm interested in the automation of that entire flow. And then all of that, when you're hitting those targets and ROI expectations, that's going to lead into bigger conversations of further upsell, growth across sell. There's going to be better conversations and partnership when you get those things done well. What have been the biggest challenge when you are in a situation to build that team from scratch and build all the processes? Maybe you can talk to us about that whole process of being the only main responsible for the whole customer success organization in your company. How did that feel? I am very lucky that that's a we. It is absolutely a we. I hired a team of very, very strong CSMs. And a lot of people in customer success do not have robotics experience. And they were working two, three, four jobs at once in that you're managing clients. We had a very transparent team and I worked heavily cross-functionally to get feedback from product to sales. We were continuously meeting. And so having that cross-functional support and leadership was key. Our general manager definitely supported that. And the second piece is the team really took it on. They helped me 
execute all of these things because I'm also on the phone with our key accounts with the CSMs. You're reporting up globally and making sure things like that nature, the logos, all of the advocacies happening. You're juggling a lot and I cannot take any credit without the team and highlighting all the work that they did support that. I had one individual, Ben Wainless, who did basically halftime ops with me. And so once I set the standards and what we needed, he was helping behind the scenes, really supporting that. One of the other key hires I had back on the first product I worked on for SelfBank and a humanoid robot called Pepper, I brought in Tomaj, who is an expert, really great at data science and analytics. And he helped our team create the story and the data and the reporting that our customers needed. It was all hands on deck. We were learning as we went and we continually were iterating, but I'm a very vulnerable leader. I'll highlight my failures and I'm going to protect the team and make sure that they're supported. Whether we fail, whether we win, let's course correct. Everyone says, let's not repeat the same mistakes. And I firmly, firmly believe that let them happen and let's go, but you got to move fast because the industry is moving fast and you've got to try to figure out what's work. There's no written playbooks. There's nothing that existed for KPIs, for robots, for the ones that I was working on yet. So it just all had to be built and done. And I'm really fortunate for the team that really supported me to make that happen. You talk nicely about your team and being a vulnerable leader, which I really appreciate. What do you think would people around you say about you as a leader? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I think they would say that I'm very intentional in advocating for their success and making sure that my job is that the team meets their outcomes and that individually their careers are going to grow. I've hired people that didn't have customer success experience in title. I've hired people that come from different industries and backgrounds. It was really important to me to have a 50% diversity team among multiple different factors of a diversity. And I was able to achieve that. So I think the team would say, hi team, if you listen ever, that I believe in them. I support them. I'm going to go to bat with them. I'm going to challenge them to do really hard things. And we're going to produce great work and celebrate the wins and pull each other up when things don't go exactly as planned. It sounds so well when you're talking about your team and how you're supporting their careers. And I really, really love that. And I wonder in your career so far, what are the main things that you have learned or kind of the main North Stars that guided you throughout your career? That's a great question. And one of the most important things is that I have my backgrounds very different than a traditional Bay Area background. And no one can ever stop you from career changing. Yes, you're going to face a lot, a lot of rejections and that's okay. Just mark it off. Keep going. I didn't have the credentials or pedigree. Go get them. I didn't have the network. Go get it. I wasn't this. I wasn't that. I've been told every which way that I just suck <laughs> and every which way that I'm amazing. So you got to take that feedback. You got to funnel it and then do the hard work, but you can do it. You can make those career transitions. You can go do great things. You can go experience new things. And there will be no's, but 
go find that. Yes. It takes only one person. And I think then that goes, what's really important to me is how can you cheer lead others? I am a big fan of every woman that comes on this podcast and I'm going to promote this podcast. I'm going to promote everything that's happening in the CS community that I can. And one of the worst things I think that's happened is that this patriarchal concept that everyone needs to fit a personality to compete. Everyone is taking a piece of the pie. This has been a conversation a lot in VC funding and startups. And what I want to change and be an advocate for is that share others' work, celebrate what they're doing, because I just don't believe it's true. The more that rise up, the more better we are. And I think the important thing here as a woman, I'm going to go to my deathbed apologizing thing. Thank you don't exhaustively. for that. <laughs> No, but it's what you're doing. No apologies needed. Everyone says, stop apologizing. Stop this. I try to fit every tick and talk of everything. But at the end of the day, I'm proud of being from the Midwest. I'm proud of all the things that my mom and dad taught me. I think that shows up as a leader in who I am. And thank Thank God I found customer success because empathy is rewarded. It's celebrated and your clients appreciate it when you're listening and you're understanding. And I think the final thing I would say about all of this is go learn the business sales analytics and tech. That was the greatest thing that changed my life. And I've had a lot of people teach me, but that's going to be your superpower, understanding your customers' problems, where they're headed and where the industry's headed. Whatever education, whatever way you can learn it at startups, you can learn it in school, there's ways to do it. Go do it. Wow, what wonderful advice you're giving us now. The one with data analytics, spot on, amazing. But what I really like about what you said is, is about career changing. Well, I'm the first example of someone who has changed careers coming from completely background unrelated to business and customer success, like so many other people who are in customer success. That's why I also like that industry so much, because you don't have to fit any box just because you are different. You're bringing different perspective. That's a huge plus. And that's why I like to just encourage everyone being advocate for people coming into customer success from all different backgrounds. And it's so interesting for me when you said like, oh, you, you may not fit at the Bay Area type of customer success. <laughs> well, here in Europe, <laughs> we couldn't care less. <laughs> Is it Bay Area? Is it mid-US, Australia, South Africa? Doesn't really matter. That's the beauty of it, right? Absolutely. Diversity Absolutely. Matters. And our clients need diversity. They need different backgrounds. I never would have believed I would have been going to Alabama and Georgia and talking to property management and facility services experts in their field about how to clean a building. And here I was, and here <laughs> the whole team was. So you just never know where life can take you and your background can be really helpful for that. Laura, do you have role models in business? I do. And I love this question. I had a lot of fun with this one because I'm going to give you some alternative ones. There's an author, Roxanne Gay. And why I put her in the business section is because she's written these phenomenal books, but she's an advocate for writers. She's a professor. She's done all this great work and she's a phenomenal speaker. And she just understands herself, her value and what she's doing for the world of speaking and promoting your work as an author. Another one is Lizzo. 
She's very savvy and she also understands her brand. Okay. Love her music. Absolutely. But she understands her brand once again is very strong in her value and it's all through her business, all through everything she takes on and does. And then I'll go traditional Whitney Wolf, the CEO (laughs) of Bumble. Yeah. This story. And I don't, I never like to put too much I want to put everyone on a pedestal, but we know everyone has goods, bads, and everything in between. But I have to say her story is inspiring. It's great to see women, moms really showcase what they can do and they can do so much. All my mom's friends kick ass. And so to see her ring the bell and do everything she's done and face a lot of hardships. She faced a lot of hardships at Tinder and she overcame them. I think you peel back the layers. I bet every person you've had on the show has faced some major challenges. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. Thank you for bringing Whitney Wolf as well here. I love her as well. I just think the moment when Bumble went IPO and mm-hmm. her photo with her child in her hands, that was the photo that went around the globe. And I felt it was such an empowering moment for mothers who are working. Absolutely remarkable leader. Well, great choice of role models. <laughs> Thank you for that. I really wonder what is one question that you wish people asked you more often? I would love to be asked more often, what do you do for creativity? I just had someone ask me that and we're so obsessed. And this is a problem also with the Bay Area. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What have you built? You know, and I love photography and I now find with the pandemic and things coming back, going to museums, I can't freaking wait. I cannot wait to just walk art museums again. And so I find so much happiness in photography and going out there and capturing moments and being outside in nature that it's something that I bet if you peel back the layers of a lot of people that if you find their creative outlet, that it's something that's a secret passion of theirs, whether it's art, whether it's something else, but that's something that I find really rewarding and has made me very happy over the last few years. Oh, absolutely. And not even to mention the benefits of creativity to do actual work. Those are immense. <laughs> I wonder, is there a place where we can see some of your photographs <laughs> you can see some on lauralacuara.com go check wow, it that's out a big deal. Wow, yeah. that's for real i didn't know about it before i need to check it out it, well, that's something i talk a lot i'm a little shy about it but it does and i love printing there is a company called artifacts uprising and they do these amazing cute little prints and that's my favorite thing to share love with other people is to send some of photos to that. So I hope you like it, but regardless, it brings me a lot of joy. And I think it goes back to those travels when you can capture something you've seen and experience. It's a lot of fun. So I have stuff from India and Portugal. I don't have a lot of my stuff up, but those are some of my favorites. Wow. I just Googled it now. These are incredible. (laughs) I can't wait. I am for those listening. I'm blushing. Thank you so much. I can't wait to share this link with the audience. Thank you, Laura, so much for this. Wow, what a talent! This was amazing conversation and amazing discovery for me. I wasn't aware of what you can do. This is awesome, Laura. Thank you so much for coming to the show. It has been such a pleasure, Maria. It is an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. It was such a great conversation.
thank you for listening. If you liked today's episode, write a review on Apple Podcasts so others can easily find it. Subscribe now so you don't miss out on the following episodes. Have a great day and talk to you soon.